This episode of Where To Begin With will feature heavy spoilers of the found footage full documentary movie The Conspiracy from 2012. If you have never seen this movie before and you want to take part in Where To Begin With by submitting in a review next month for the movie, please hit stop now. Go away, watch the movie, write up your review and send in. If you've seen the movie before or you simply don't give a shit, then just keep listening on. Don't say you weren't warned. Society's been constructed in a way to keep people asleep, to keep them in debt, to keep them feeling powerless, conditioned to deny what's right in front of its eyes. Which is what? That we're slaves. wasn't so much conspiracy theories themselves as it was the people who believe in them that attracted me. <laughs> conspiracy theories are more prevalent in our society today than they've ever been. Terrence and guys like him, if they're wrong, then it's really crazy that they could be so delusional. Why is the guy who banged World 9-11 meeting with the CIA? If they're not, Terrence! People don't just disappear. He's got like the string of dates here and he's clearly connected them to like important events. I, I, Formation of the Fed, World War One, 9-11. It's all about this thing called the Tarsus Club, which is like a retreat for politicians, for corporate leaders, people like... That's what the dates are, that's what Terrence was looking into. Very real, intangible shifts in world financial markets, in foreign policy, coincided with these retreats. Camera down, please. Has anyone ever tried to infiltrate one of these meetings? You know, I realize now that they're never going to let this movie get out. Let's say that there are these people that secretly run things. Then they've always run things. Throughout history, men have been trying to conquer the world. From Alexander the Great to Napoleon to Hitler. If anyone thinks this time we live in is any different, I'd ask them. Welcome back to another episode of Where To Begin With. This is season two, episode number five, the midway point of the season. We've looked at some interesting movies thus far in our found footage, full documentary and mockumentary overview in this season. And on this episode, we're making a stop at The Conspiracy from 2012 slash 2013, depending on which territory and part of the world you lived in when the movie came out. Now, at the end of this episode, you will be hearing your reviews, that's right, listener reviews of last month's movie, Troll Hunter. But before we get to that, let's talk about 
The Conspiracy, which I said at the time I felt was kind of like the American answer to something like Troll Hunter. Um, it's the idea of a, a kind of documentary looking into something that is inherently of its territory. So, like we said at the time, kind of Norse mythology being as it is, trolls being the, the kind of stuff of myth and legend of Norway, it kind of made sense that you would be able to play with a degree of kind of tongue-in-cheek and also certainty with the ideas of trolls being real and some secret clandestine organisation of the government tasked to root them out in a movie like Troll Hunter from a country like Norway. Nothing to me screams America like the idea of the modern conspiracy theory. I mean, they say that proper conspiracy thought is birthed out of the assassination of JFK, the kind of botched job that many members of the public believe were carried out by not only the police and this kind of overarching high kind of governmental conspiracy that goes all the way to the top. And to be honest, it's been kind of ingrained in the culture since. Now, I don't just want to cast shade on the States. I think the UK is heading that way as well. Certainly in the last four or five years in particular, kind of post-Trump, um, well, just, just pre-Trump and post-Trump, Particularly, I think there's a whole wave of conspiracy thought that's found its way more into the zeitgeist and the consciousness of the public. But, I mean, what's interesting about this movie is it's right on the cusp. 2012, when this movie comes out, is not that long after Alex Jones really starts coming to prominence. The ideas of, like, actual pure, you know, reptilian... You know, the, the, the government are out there, you know, they're, they're kidnapping babies. You know, all this nonsense that was was kind of starting to become a kind of almost a curiosity and an oddity on platforms like YouTube in particular, which is now the ma a massive source for conspiracy thought. But, like, the internet really starting to become, and social media as well, becoming, like, the kind of the talking point to share nonsense without, you know, validity, without history, without any scientific evidence. Everything is given a level playing field on the internet when it's said or typed. And the conspiracy kind of deals with that in a really interesting way. This is a very well shot film footage movie. It looks like a lot of money have been, has been spent on it. also adds to the idea that these are two filmmakers making this. This isn't some guys with a camera going out into the woods. This is, they are actually making a film and this film is going to be about conspiracy theory in the modern culture. And during their kind of, their, their chats with people involved with conspiracy thought, they come across a homeless guy who is out in the streets uh, spouting off all this stuff. And they kind of take an interest. The kind of documentary starts to, spin more to what this guy is actually saying and at first it all sounds like absolute fucking nonsense but there's some things he says that can they can be tied up to real events and then one day this guy just vanishes like altogether off the face of the planet and our filmmakers actually start to think well maybe he was onto something 
it's weird because there is a movie called Conspiracy Theory uh, which stars Mel Gibson and Patrick Stewart and it's not a particularly great movie but there is a great idea at the premise of that that you have a crazy Mel Gibson spouting off all this stuff and it just so happens that one of the things he spouts off happens to be a real government thing and that's what causes them to come after him so one of the actual conspiracy theories themselves is based on truth and there's this idea here that you know what maybe he's been picked up and taken away by the government because he was getting too close and so the filmmakers start to kind of tunnel themselves into the conspiracy further and further this idea of it's kind of like the Bilderberg group um that there's this kind of elite group of very wealthy individuals pulling the strings and they're going to meet at some mansion in the middle of nowhere and conduct paganist ceremonies towards some sort of old deity, kind of Lovecraftian a little bit, um, as a way to continue their control over the populace. And it's all very clandestine and it dates back to, you know, like Egypt and all the rest and by the time our filmmakers realise what has happened it's kinda too late now famously the the reason I mentioned Alex Jones earlier on is Alex Jones does have footage of him I believe at the I want to say it's the Bilderberg group it probably isn't it's probably got a different name but he found apparently we're going to use the apparently found one of these uh, retreats and film some of it uh, in a very famous clip that has been taken off the internet God knows how many times and once again because it's Alec Jones it, you're like a massive you're like a shovel of salt like a I'm about to bury the book from Warlock amount of salt is how much you have to take to put your trust in what he says he saw and the actual events that being said there does appear to be evidence that there are certain groups that the very rich elite and wealthy do go to and there is anecdotal evidence that maybe they partake in certain ceremonies which would be seen as odd or paganistic to those out with. So once again it's kind of, it's rooted in a kind of urban legend and sometimes those are the best kind of templates or backbones for good found footage movies are the ones where you think you vaguely know the story. Something tells you you've heard this story before and as you watch it, it plays it away. But when common sense should kick in, that's when the bad things happen and then you realise you're too far in. I think, and I remember when this movie came out and I remember it getting a bit of shit for a lot of people saying, well, don't do anything right till the very end. And, I mean, if you're looking at it purely a superficial level, yes, it doesn't, it, like every other found footage movie, it is a slow ascent to the ultimate reveal ending, which will leave you shocked. To me, that's not necessarily how I experience it. I think there is a gradual ramping up here, but I think the last 15 minutes set of the compound are never at on, because like every interaction could be an interaction where they're captured and we don't know what's going to happen to them when they are when that reveal comes out it's pretty horrific it's you know it's kind of the most dangerous game um sort of thing it's it's really 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 interesting i think they stick the landing in this one which is something that a lot of found footage movies struggle to do for me 
There is also justification for the cameras at almost every step. So there's thought into that. Why would we be carrying massive cameras around with them? So they put a bit of care and attention in, into it. Now, I don't think it's the best found footage by any stretch of the imagination. And yes, in 2021, the idea of conspiracy thought is very cliche. But in 2012, it's a different case. And I think for the time period, it works surprisingly well. The approach and the authenticity the filmmakers give towards the project and the choice of their cast, who are not named actors realistically, works tenfold. It sells it to me. It doesn't feel at any point like people are reading from a script. It feels like genuine conversations between people. Um, so I think it's a surprisingly strong one that doesn't ever really get talked about. If you see lists of the top 20 found footage movies, I don't think The Conspiracy makes that list. If you ask me my list of the top 20 movies, The Conspiracy makes that list for found footage, no doubt. So yeah, that is a conspiracy. I'm interested to see what you guys make of it. Like I say, there's a lot of themes to play with here. Um, and in 2021's tired, weary, beleaguered and beaten eyes, it's kind of interesting to look back at a time where this felt a bit farcical of the back of the last four and a half years where, you know, now I like I like I crave a day where the news isn't absolute dog shit. So yeah, there you go. So that's your homework. I need a review for you uh, to come into me for the conspiracy for the next episode. I'll give you the details of when I expect that, etc. After I read out your reviews of Trollhunter from last month. And we'll start with a review from Andrew Valdez who says the mockumentary Trollhunter from 2010 is a Norwegian movie centred around the search for trolls. A group of university students investigating a series of bear killings seek out and find a man who is known for seeking out and eliminating trolls. The troll hunter, known as Hans, in fact works for the government, an organisation called Troll Security Services. Hans initially is reluctant to answer any questions or take part in the students' project, but eventually agrees to allow them to follow him around as he does his work. On the first night, the students follow Hans' instructions, including smearing troll stench upon themselves and heading out into the woods. That night, they come, a come upon a large three-headed troll. Hans turns the troll into stone and tells the students he has allowed them to follow him so Hans can, can reveal the truth about the existence of trolls. They are working against the TSS who want to keep the trolls' existence a secret and do so by covering up evidence. Troll Hunter is an impressive movie. The look of the trolls is varied and they are large and engage with the world that they live in. Trolls, uh, Troll Hunter is a movie that takes a ridiculous premise and makes the viewer both laugh at it and keep them in suspense. When Troll Hunter first came out, it was one of the first film footage slash documentary style movies that seemed unique and elevated a format that far too com that far too often comes across as cheap. In a lot of film footage movies, Troll Hunter stands out with its unique premise and well-crafted visuals. There are countless film footage movies out there but few, if any, will compare to the weirdness, silliness and enjoyment of Trollhunter. For years, there have been stories about a potential US remake of this movie, but I find it very hard to believe a remake could measure up to this oddity that this movie is. My rating is a 5 out of 5. Thank you very much for your review. I just don't know how that would work, Andrew. Like, are trolls something that 
are in the folklore of America. I don't necessarily think they are. You'd have to kind of twist it to something else. But there you go. Anyway, up next is an audio review from our good buddy David Garrett Jr. And David says... Hello, Duncan and T-Puds Collective listeners. David Garrett Jr. here. Once again, for where to begin with mockumentary and found footage films. And then for this month here, the one that was selected is one that I actually covered over on Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast of Troll Hunter. And this is actually an interesting found footage film that also does fall into, you know, that mockumentary where they not always necessarily kind of always overlap, but this is definitely one that does fall into that camp. And I knew this coming in, and I thought the opening text of this movie really reiterates what we get here. What I will say is I love the idea that the writer-director here of Andre Overdahl is using for this movie. We all grow up knowing fairy tales and, you know, and whatnot talking about trolls. This movie gives us a very serious look at them as a creature. Now, the character of Hans doesn't really have much in the way of a sense of humor. So when, you know, Thomas, Johanna, or Kali make a joke, he responds very sternly and very kind of stoic. But I think it's kind of interesting here is to learn that I believe Hans is played by a comedian from, like, this country and everything, which is kind of an interesting way to do it. And I think that also helps where he can, you know, with the comedic timing of actually not laughing or smiling, works in his favor. And then in the end here, the jokes are really on this documentary crew. I also love the care that is put into making these trolls look as real as possible. Now Hans relays information about them being like animals and there are aspects taken from stories that are also incorporated in and I also thought that works pretty well. The bit with the veterinarian that we get helps to explain even more of what can kill them and I thought that was a good touch on top of everything. Now there's also a cover up aspect to this story. The social commentary there is that the government knows about this but it isn't sharing it with the general public. We see that angle with the bear that is part of it, and I like how deep this goes. I've talked with friends where we all think, to different extents, that there are probably things that the government knows similar to what they do here, but they just don't share it with the general public to avoid panic. Do I believe that there are mythical creatures running around out there? More than likely there isn't. But I do believe that if there was, I could see a secret group like this handling it. It also just has a sense of realism that the cover story would be made up where, you know, logical explanation could fall just a bit short. It does make me wonder when like a tornado or like a natural event that is a little bit too convenient without real proof could actually be something else. Not necessarily, you know, trolls running amok out in the countryside, but that there could be something else that they're trying to, you know, cover up like a military thing gone wrong or something to an extent like that. Now, since I've been bringing it up a lot here, I'll go to the effects and cinematography. The trolls are CGI. But it'd be difficult to not have them done that way. For the most part though, I'm on board. Being that this is found footage, the camera is shaky at times so it does make it harder to pick apart, which does work to its advantage. They also do a really good job here of bringing up what they think trolls would like as well. I can be forgiving of them being over the top for that reason. So then as for the cinematography, this really feels like the Norwegian version of Cloverfield, which I also enjoy. This works better than that in that we're following a legit documentary crew that is trying to record all of this for a logical reason, so I'm a little bit more forgiving as to why the camera isn't put down for that reason there. And then really the last thing I kind of want to go into here would be the acting. I really think Jesperson and how he plays his role of Hans, he is his no-nonsense hunter that doesn't have much in the way of a sense of humor. He is really good at what he does, but he is getting old. This is wearing on him. I can also buy that we've had a you know change of heart to allow this crew to film him into what he's doing. This almost kind of seizes his way out of everything, which I think kind of works as well. 
Tosurund is solid as the mostly, you know, on-camera person of their group. I like what happens with him as he goes on, since he does get attacked that first night by a troll, and I like what kind of the implications that come from there. Morak, Larson, and Berg Domas. I also really like all of them. I also like this character of Finn Haugen, who's portrayed by Hans Morton Hansen. He really fits his government role that he plays. I thought the rest of the cast, you know, feel like normal people, which I, you know, like for my found footage film. And one thing I also kind of want to slide in here is I also like the cover story that they're having with, like, the bear population. And then what kind of starts everything down in the path of discovery in this movie is these hunters not recognizing the character of Hans and I thought that was kind of a cool thing to get everything started and as to why these people start to film everything. So now with that said, this takes a subject matter that if it wasn't handled with care could become really cheesy. They take a realistic and scientific approach that really works for me. The acting feels real enough and the effects aren't great but I think they work for what was needed. Being that this is found footage this really helps as well. I don't recall a soundtrack, and it's mostly just kind of ambient noise, which does help with the realism. The roars of these creatures are great and creepy as well. So what I have to say, Duncan, is that this is a really solid movie, and I would really kind of recommend this one. And my rating here would come in on the T-Put scale at a 4 out of 5. And Duncan, I'm glad that you selected The Conspiracy because I've been hearing a few different podcasts cover this movie, haven't yet seen it before, so I definitely am going to check it out. I'm already kind of looking into finding ways where I can view it. Other than that, can't wait to hear everybody else's thoughts on Troll Hunter. And always, thank you Duncan for everything that you do. This is David Garrett Jr. signing off. And thanks very much to David Garrett Jr. for that review. The next one is from Tim Walker who says, Dear Duncan and Teapots Collective People, where to begin with film footage heads to Norway with Troll Hunter, a fantasy horror film footage film with a good dose of humour. I know what you're thinking, Duncan. Humour? Comedy? Tim is not going to like this. Well, let's see. I have seen this one before. I think it must have been a year or two before the autopsy of Jane Doe because I remember being struck by how different the two films are, especially in tone. When I saw Trollhunter the first time, I did enjoy it. I didn't think too much of it, but it is a fun watch. I was impressed with the special effects, and I'm usually pretty harsh on CG effects. Most of the time, they look fake and too much like a video game, but Trollhunter was different. They made something fantastical look realistic with computer-generated effects, which is not easy, especially on a low budget. On this watch, I would say it's gone up a little. Still quite see that I quite get the humour at times, or at least the satire like Trollhunter's government agency, the title the character works for. Maybe you've got to be Norwegian to get it, or maybe it's broader than that, or for whatever reason, that aspect doesn't quite work for me. I would say that while some of the humour doesn't work for me, the overall fun atmosphere of the movie totally does. It manages to be fun without taking a wink at the camera and definitely no stupidity masquerading as humour like other horror comedies I have issues with. Please see Deathgasm and Psycho Gorman, I'm looking at you. I can't believe, well, I'm saying I can't believe that you don't like Psycho Gorman and then you just wrote that you don't like Deathgasm, so that totally makes sense. Anyway, this movie isn't a masterpiece by any stretch, but is having a blast and there's nothing wrong with that and like I say the special effects are outstanding. One could easily see why the director Andre Overdahl is in so much high demand now. He knows what he's doing and he can work a lot with a low budget which means he can do a hell of a lot with a Hollywood budget. 
The only other potential negative I can think of might be the standard of the found footage cheeky cam, which I do know annoys some people, didn't bother me. Also, potentially the abrupt ending might be a negative for some, but also that works for me. I just dug it. On the first watch, I would have given Trollhunter a 3 out of 5 stars, but now I'm going to bump it up to a 3.5 out of 5. I may not like it as much as some people, in fact, I suspect I may have the lowest rating of any reviewer for the Teapots Collective, but I do enjoy it. Here's hoping I dig the next one. Take care, Teapots Collective folk, and remember to bring your strobe lights when you hike in the forests up north. Thank you very much for your review. Tim, always great to hear from you, buddy. Right, we are going to move. Um, but yeah, we're going to move right into our final review, which is an audio one, and it came in from Kate. Kate says, "Hi, Duncan and Teapots listeners. Hope you're all doing okay. It's Kate Pollock here with my review of 2010's Troll Hunter. This was a first watch for me, and I didn't really know what to expect, but I had heard good things generally. This is an interesting watch on a subject that hadn't been given much limelight, so it was really good to see trolls and things interpreted within the realms of realism, as opposed to its sort of more usual fantastical representation, as it gives the law a new and fresh approach. On that note, let's talk about the law. This was something I really enjoyed. Anyone who knows my taste knows I really love folklore and fairy tales, so this really appealed to me. The film refers to a lot of Norwegian fairy tales and folklore, something which I was familiar with and some of it I wasn't. Um, Although I enjoy researching films and love folklore stuff, I'm not sure that this part particularly would be that good for the general viewer who isn't familiar. For example, I didn't really understand the whole can smell the blood of a Christian man thing. The closest thing I could assume that it was referring to is a nod to I can smell the blood of an Englishman from Jack and the Beanstalk. But it turns out it's just folklore generally with Norwegian fairy tales Um, and something that like within that culture for lack of a better term um, that they're kind of known to like and there are reasons for that within the law however I feel like for that to be such a heavy plot point there needs to be further explanation provided which doesn't really happen I don't know maybe Norwegians are just more familiar but as a foreign viewer it stumped me a little bit until I looked it up However, all the little nods to stories such as Billy Goat's Gruff and things, they were really cool and I liked the world that it created within the real world. For example, I liked the whole TSS stuff. I thought that it was really well thought out and along with all the science bits like, you know, with the vets and the rabies, I found that there was a strong sense um, of realism um, that I I quite liked because it made it more believable and in touch with something relatable, which is important in a film with so many fantasy elements, but isn't actually a fantasy movie, that makes sense. The effects of the trolls and giants are a little ropey at times. I think that's probably just due to budget, but I did like them when they sort of turned to stone and exploded and things. The night vision does camouflage some of the more ropey CGI and things, so um, you know that was that was all right. Um, and for me, they <laughs> they kind of had this kind of Jim Henson vibe, which isn't very scary, but I did enjoy it. Um, when I looked into some other bits, it, I came across um, that. Um, they're apparently based on Theodore Kittleson's work um, like his art and so I looked that up and I can definitely see that comparison Um, and if anyone does kind of like that fantasy kind of artwork and sketch work and things I would definitely recommend checking it out Um, I really liked it and um, yeah I thought it was really cool but I'm I'm just not sure if I like it for this film I just feel like I don't know because there is quite a lot of realism within this film it just, I don't know, maybe it's partly due to the effects and things, but because I kind of got this, as I said, this sort of Jim Henson vibe, it seemed a little bit 
bit juxtaposed. I don't know. Um, but I was impressed with the set designs and stuff. Um, I liked the goop on the trees and all the attention to detail where they've rampaged or in their lair. Um, I thought all of that was really cool. Generally, I really enjoyed the cinematography as well and the set design. The forests and the mountains in this film are gorgeous. I really just want to go and visit all of these places. And any time that we were in like a town or something, I just wanted to be back in the natural world. I also like how they use the power lines and, and oxen and things as props to forward the narrative. I thought that was really inventive and clever, especially where there's not much budget to play with. So fair play to that. That was really cool. Um, although the film isn't really very horrific overall, we do get these moments of real emotion. And these are the bits that for me really hit home more than the action sequence. Um, sequences, sorry. <laughs> um, the monologue from Hans, for example, about the job that he had a while back and he had to wipe out an entire tribe of trolls, including pregnant women, children and newborns, was really harrowing to listen to. And there's a real clear commentary running throughout the film, which I picked up on right away. So... There's a few things that all kind of like have similar themes, but there are different ways of looking at it, I guess. Um, there's three that I kind of mainly picked up on. So I'll just go through them now quick. So we've got one, hunting. Um, I'm going to use the example for fox hunting uh, because it's quite a contentious topic in the UK especially um, and there's often debate about whether it should be fully outlawed or not. There's arguments about whether it's a cull to keep population in check and to pr protect like local farms and land and things or whether it's cruel and inhumane in its methods and even whether it's actually necessary. This film could also be commenting on how we invade natural habitats with like housing and cities, etc. Um, you know, like cutting down the forest and using nature's resources unnecessarily. Number two, you could look into it as a commentary on bringing modernization to indigenous regions, such as the Amazon for a more recent example, or even Native American land for a more historical example, wiping out culture and diversity for Western ways of living. And then number three, war, and how one country will send their armies to other countries, kill their people, and essentially try to change their way of life or at least various ideals within there. Um, even if the intent is good, you know, you still have people carrying out horrific actions all in the name of their country, and it's always at the cost of other people's lives. And an example of that is pretty much any war that's ever been ever in history. <laughs> um, so in the end, yeah, these themes and the role of Hans and his sort of seeming tiredness of his job and the bitterness of the tasks that he's had to carry out for his country it just kind of made me feel really sorry for the trolls and the giants and Hans but mainly the trolls and the giants and then so when like when they got killed there was no enjoyment for me there was no cheering there was no punching in the air like normal monster movies like I do kind of get a little bit into it, like yeah go and get it there was none of that with this film. And this was further emphasized by the, um, sorry, emphasized by the description given by the vet um, about how vitamin D from the sun affects the trolls and ultimately causes them a really painful death. Even if it's quick, it's extremely painful. It's just, it's just really fucking sad. Um, but I did like that. I, I thought it was really um, emotional. It evoked a lot in me and I found it quite powerful. Other things that I liked about the film that, well, aren't so depressing, <laughs> um, include Hans as a character. Um, I thought he had a lot of depth and I thought it was really well written character as well as very well acted. Um, it turns out the actor is a comedian, which I didn't know. Um, and it's quite funny because there are elements of humor in this film. Um, for example, the story about the troll that was trying to eat his own tail and gagged on it, tripped and then fell down the hill is exactly my sort of humor. Like I'll spend ages watching YouTube videos of epic fails and things. So yeah, love that. Um, 
and and yeah the bit with uh the trolls when they were farting in the lair it had me absolutely cackling because well i'm a fucking child so <laughs> um also did anyone else find the name tosser lad and i have to say it like that tosser lad <laughs> like absolutely hilarious no no just me all right, moving on. Um, <laughs> things that <laughs> things that I didn't like um, that I haven't already touched upon. I've, I've mentioned a few bits and bobs here and there, but there are a couple of more bits that didn't really work for me. For example, I wasn't keen um, on the group of filmmakers. I found them kind of annoying and stupid, like asking questions that we've already been given answers to and then saying that they knew the trolls were real when they obviously didn't. And then Cal not saying that he was a Christian and only telling them at the last minute and ultimately leading to his demise. I mean, I get why he might not say at first being that he was quite skeptical of the whole thing anyway and it might have caused like him or, or the whole group to not be able to go along uh, with Hans um, but when you saw that it was all true surely surely you would say something then when there was such high stakes you would at least sort of like say like oh hey so why can't we be Christian again because you know something like that it just yeah it just irritated me and this is a shame because you know I didn't really care what happened to these characters, even when Cal died. Like I cared more about Hans getting battered about by the troll on the bridge than I did him getting eaten, by, than, than Cal getting eaten by one, you know? Um, but I did think that the acting was really good from everyone, even if the characters did irritate me. Um, the ending as well. The ending was fine. So before I talk about the bits that I didn't like, I do want to say that I really did like the chase scene in the car. I thought it was really well put together, suspenseful. I really liked the Jotnar's design and execution, how you'd have like the feet stomping down, things like that, and how it's sort of chasing behind you and gaining and gaining. That stuff I was really, really into. But I did find that the ending overall to be a bit abrupt. It didn't really seem to make sense. Like, whoever it was how did they get the tapes to show the film if the teenagers have disappeared like surely they would have been lost along with them and also as well there's no way that they're teenagers they were definitely like mid-20s surely no um also as well like what happened to hans you know like the ending states that all the teenagers were never found but nothing's really mentioned of hans like you know did he just bugger off back to tss is it all kind of just getting brushed under the rug like i don't need it all explained but it would have made a bit more sense to at least have mentioned him along with the teenagers in the sort of end script bit um you know just sort of said like you know hans and the teenagers are never seen again and you would just sort of assume probably that the government did something with it i don't know um the end footage of the prime minister as well i thought that was kind of cool but again it didn't really kind of make sense like i'm just not convinced that no one would have picked up on the troll comment especially with the internet you know that said, it was a really original film, even if it pulled from old lore and fairy tales, because I'm obviously not going to dock points for that because I eat that shit up. Um, <laughs> I did really enjoy it for the most part, apart from the few bits that I mentioned. I would recommend it to any fan of found footage as it's generally executed very well. It's compelling and suspenseful. And as I said, very original. So for me, it's a four out of five. So I want to say thanks very much, Duncan, for selecting this and bringing yet another film to my attention. Um, really really excellent stuff and i can't wait till next time looking forward as ever as well to hearing everybody else's reviews and i will catch you next time bye and thanks very much to kate for that review okie dokie right so that's us at the end and all that's left is for you guys to find out what the next movie is that will be coming up next month and at the same time me give you some details about how to partake in next month's show 
So, if you want to send a review of The Conspiracy and to be read out on next month's episode, it needs to be into me no later than Friday the 11th of June. That's Friday the 11th of June. You can send it into the usual spots that you do, either by Facebook or by email, directly to myself. I need a review and a grade. That is all I need for you to do. So, The Conspiracy from 2012 needs to be in on Friday the 11th of June. Episode will drop on Sunday 13th of June. The next movie we'll be covering is one that takes things in a completely different direction. It is a mockumentary, but this mockumentary has actors and actresses in it that are real people. And played by, you know, actors that you know. It's from a filmmaker who you know who's passing this off as a weird kind of mockumentary oddity. It's a strange one because there aren't any other mockumentary fan footage movies I could think of that do what this does. It's kind of almost like Ghostwatch in that Ghostwatch used established names to give it credibility. This one's using an established director to give it credibility. It's very well shot. It's an interesting little movie. owes a ton to the movie Nightbreed and the works of Clive Barker and Cabal specifically. But yeah, Digging Up the Marrow from 2014 by Adam Green is our next movie, covering off a little mockumentary. So that is a movie I'll be discussing next month. So remember, you need to get your reviews in for Friday, June 11th for The Conspiracy from 2012. And next month, I'll be talking about Digging Up the Marrow from 2014. With all that said... Thank you very much for supporting this show. Remember and check the other shows out in the Teapots Collective like Chronicle, Opera Omnia and Doing the Nasty. And until the next time, take care.